I think so. I think I'm good. Okay, good. Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered with Ken Campbell. I am Ken's sidekick, Dylan Watt. I am the Carter Stanley to Ken's Ralph Stanley. Today we're going to be talking about what happened in Calgary. Is Connor Bedard the greatest junior player to ever play the game? What will Canada's World Championship team look like? E-Bugs, the salary cap, and of course we're going to end off with story time. So check us out on Twitter at HockeyNoFilter, at Ken underscore Campbell 27, of course at underscore Dylan Waugh. And don't forget to subscribe to Substack. No, I'm just messing with my own perfect intro on the first uh, Okay, yeah. Okay. But actually, you perfect. know what? No, don't forget to subscribe to Substack. KenCampbell.substack.com for Ken's writing and this podcast directly into your inbox. Ken, how are you doing this week? You caught me mid-gulp. Yeah, that's why I sped up the way that I was speaking. Yep. So that I could... Uh, how could you not be doing wonderfully on a day like today? So well, beautiful outside. The there are some are ch- clouds in the sky. The birds are chirping. And we only have Wednesday, Thursday, three more days left before the really, really good games start. And w- define <clears throat> really, really good games. Uh, those would be the playoffs. Playoffs, baby. Playoffs, baby. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited. Yeah. So... <laughs> This will not be our... That was a residual from earlier. Ken and I had a burping into the microphone competition. <laughs> not that anyone needed to know that. But... <laughs> but you told them anyways. But I told them anyways. <clears throat> Speaking of which, you know who Ralph Stanley is? Mm-mm. One of nope. the early, early kind of uh, uh, creators of bluegrass music along with Bill Monroe... And Ralph Stanley actually died recently. I think like 2016 or something like that. Which, yeah. considering that he was playing bluegrass in the 30s. Considering that he's old enough, was old enough to have been a traveling pastor who was shot off of his horse by highwaymen and robbed. And that's, that's a what, good story. And that's what stopped him from playing banjo very much because he, uh-huh. he was a banjo player before that and then he stopped playing much. And his brother, Carter Stanley, was more the banjo player after that. Yeah. So basically what I'm saying is that I'm I'm the one that plays the annoying instrument that nobody likes but me <laughs> okay and, no, and i'm the guy who got shot off his horse and you're, well <clears throat> if, if somebody's gonna get shot here between the two of us right okay <laughs> speaking of guys who are old, old enough to see things i it blows my mind that scotty bowman when he was a little kid when he was like four years old mm-hmm. his father took him to a montreal maroons game <laughs> that's unbelievable yeah that that to me is just, just yeah. blows my mind yeah montreal needs to bring back those ridiculously ugly striped jerseys why with the horizontal stripes yeah. because every time that they do the reverse retro jerseys and i'm not a big jersey guy like i you know people go on and on and debate at nauseum and it doesn't really affect me or bother me one way or another but but people keep on talking about how, oh, well, you can't do much with the original six franchises. Well, you can't do much with the Leafs and the Habs. And the and I'm kind of like, well, the Pats? Yeah. What about those CAC strike yeah, jerseys? Yeah, the Toronto, Toronto Arena ones that they had. Those right. Those were good. Yeah. There's, there's, there is yeah. absolutely uh, content that Any, you could be riffing off of. Any, anything but what they had this year. Because A, they were terrible. Right. And B, they sucked when they wore them. Of course, they sucked 
when they didn't wear them too a lot. But, yeah, yeah. But they were really bad when they wore them. So yeah. I th- I feel like that was the the you know we only suck we, in two places at home and on the road. <laughs> I feel like that, but the way they played and how bad they were with those ones on, I feel that was, that was like Howie Morenz and and uh, Rocket Richard and Jean Beliveau and Doug Harvey and Jacques Plante all sort of just, just putting the hex on them. How dare you change this yeah. jersey? Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so uh, why don't we get to our first topic? Okay. If, if you're amenable to that. <clears throat> I am. And before we do, don't forget to check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We got like 12 reviews in a week and now we got nothing. So, you know. Keep the reviews fix. coming. Keep the Come reviews on. coming. That helps more people find us and helps us deliver this mm-hmm. excellent podcast directly into your ears. So, Calgary Flames. I think it's uh, reasonable to do a post-mortem at this point. A team uh, well, that yeah. had a yep. lot of aspirations tacked onto it. Yeah. I, I'm not sure that, like, to me, as surprising as Boston being as good as they are. Yeah. And, and and you know, breaking the points record and, and yeah. you know, being historically good. Yeah. I, I don't know that it's any more surprising that the Calgary Flames did not make the playoffs. Like, to me, that's just as big a surprise. I would agree with that. Yeah. 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 Um, do you want to speculate a few reasons as to why they didn't make the playoffs? Uh, well, they lost 17 games in overtimes and shootouts. <clears throat> I've been hearing a lot of a lot of people talking about the one goal game thing. Yeah. And uh, now call me crazy. Okay. And I know that this is some radical thinking, but maybe try to lead by more than one goal. Yeah. Try. Give it a shot. See if that helps you. Because I went through the rule book last night, and apparently you're allowed to lead by as many goals as you want. Okay, but you're not allowed to celebrate after the fourth. No, you're not. (laughs) That's right. Yep. And you're certainly not allowed to hot dog it. (laughs) Or else Jay Beagle will punch you in the face. That's right. (laughs) Um, No, I I, see, to me, like, I've... The way this roster was constructed... Mm-hmm. Like, how could anyone have thought before the season that this was going to happen? I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, we knew the Nazem Kadri contract was not going to age well. Right. We knew that. Yeah. Nobody knew it was going to get this bad this quickly. Yeah. Um, I thought for the first quarter of the season, he was arguably their best player. And then he just stopped. Like, he stopped being good, and he also stopped being Nazem Kadri. You think so? Yeah, like, he like he, he, he became, like, the anti-Nazem Kadri. Like, not interested, not engaged, hmm. you know, not real feisty, not, you know, like, not playing with a ton of emotion. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, if he were playing poorly and doing all those other things, then you'd say, okay, well, maybe he's just lost it. Sometimes and, and, the you bounces know, go your way, and sometimes or they don't, so, or you yeah. get old and and you're yeah. not good, and yeah. and they picked a bad time to sign him to a seven year deal or a six year deal or whatever it ended up being, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> sometimes those things happen, but to me, like watching him play this year, he just looked completely checked out to me. Yeah. And and that tells me that, you know, if if Daryl Sutter has not worn out his welcome there despite getting extended, I believe. 
Yes. I believe it got extended. Yes. It's going to be interesting to see what happens because Daryl Sutter got extended. And Brad and Tree Brad, Living. Brad Tree Living's contract is up. Yeah. Um, so which, He might have just given Daryl a golden parachute is what he might have done, <clears> right? Yeah. Uh, if he even comes back at all. But that's it, what I'm saying is that if, he's, if Tree Living's gone... The next guy might bring in a new coach, and that extension is just Daryl Sutter's golden parachute. Right. Is what I'm saying. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but to me, this is not on Brad for living. I no. mean, you know, I, I mean, he made the deal that he made, and it was the best deal he could possibly make in a terrible situation. Yeah. You know, um, signing Hubert out of that contract might have been hasty. Kadri might have been tough. Giving up a first-rounder to get rid of shot in Monaghan. Those are all kind of dubious moves. But I think when you put it in the prism of what this team was supposed to be Mm -hmm. and what they were supposed to accomplish Mm -hmm. and how good they were and the projections everyone had for them, they didn't seem like outrageously bad moves at the time, you know? And then you get a coach who's really old school, like the way he handled Jacob Pelche this year, Matthew Phillips, you know? How do you not have Tyler Toffoli shooting in the shootout? Like Nazem Kadri and Nick Ritchie in a, in a shootout that's going to decide your season? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Actually, I wanted to, I wanted to touch on Toffoli briefly. <clears throat> Toffoli led the team with points this year. Yeah. Completely wasted, amazing year by Tyler Toffoli. Yeah. And uh, if, he, if, if he got... The amount of points that he scored this year, last year on the team, do you know what position he'd be in in points on the team? Third? Four. Yeah? 77 points. Yeah. You would have had Johnny Goudreau with 115, Matthew Kachuk with 104, Elias Lindholm with 82. Right. Well... And then Toffoli with 77. Well, I mean, I, th- I think it I think it, it's, it says everything that... what What did... How many points did Huberto and Kadri have combined this year? Huberto and Kadri combined this year had uh, fifty-five and fifty-five, hundred and ten. Yeah, what's it, what's Matthew Kachuk got? What's Matthew Kachuk got? One hundred and five, something like 104, that. One hundred and four, one hundred and five yeah. by himself. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a huge difference and goaltending. I mean, Jacob Markstrom was full value for his contract last year and had a really bad year this year. Yeah. But to me, I, I, I believe this lands at the coach's feet. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that that I, I don't even know if Brad Treliving wants to come back. Yeah. Because he he would have he's he he would have signed by now, don't you think? Like they they've they've tried to resign him and he hasn't. He's been resistant to resigning. Hmm. So I don't I don't know what he's thinking, but you know, I mean, maybe it's both of them. Maybe Trey Living leaves on his own and Daryl Sutter gets fired. But, so, but now it's like, to me, it's like, okay, you know, you've done the Daryl Sutter thing. You've done it in lots of different places. It's been really successful in some places, not so successful in yeah. other places. It, it's over, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, next time you need a coach, you know, find somebody else. <laughs> are you saying <clears throat> that there are more coaches in the league? Yep. So here, I think that it lands on the coach's feet as well, and, and I'll tell you why specifically. And it actually dovetails nicely with your Nazem Kadri bit, which is that um, Kadri 
has had a fine year. It's not been it's not been great. I, it's not been bad. I don't I don't think he's had a fine year. I think he's been very I think he's been very subpar. His fifty five <clears throat> points is on the high side for him. Okay. Eighty seven last year, thirty two, thirty six, forty four, fifty five. Mm-hmm. But so he regressed to what he is. He regressed to what but, he is. But to me, again, like it's like it's like yeah, okay. So you regress to fifty five points. That's fine. But like some of the, you know, I mean, check out, I don't know, Google defensive lapses by Matt by Nazem Kadri. Oh and yeah, and I bet a hundred clips will come up. Like like just really like uninterested, unengaged, unwilling to defend. Not feisty, you know. Not all of those things that Nazem Kadri is. So, but here, here's where I guess I guess what I'm what I'm driving at, what I'm eventually going to, is the amount of players that regress to either below their standard mm-hmm. or, and I'm not even just talking about last year's. Uh, Uberdo's points per sixty. Do you know the last time he had two point five points per sixty? By the way, do you know the last time that he was lower than two point five points per sixty? 2014 15. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other than that, 4.4, 3.6, 3.6, 3.5, 7, 2.6, 2.8. Like, the thing is, is that I stand by Uberdo as being an exceptional talent, an exceptional player. Players don't regress that quickly. You've got this whole book stat shot by Rob Volman next to you in about three chapters deals with age regressions, right? Right. Players don't regress like that. That's not how it works without extenuating factors, right? Mm -hmm. Such as injury or coaching or whatever the case might be. And so Uberdo had like 115 points last year, right? He should be plug and play for Johnny Goudreau. Right, right. Goudreau comes out, Uberdo walks in, boom. Right, that should be plug and play. So, and and uh, Lindholm has regressed this year. I just this many players taking major step backs. Yep, is there's a reason. Yep, there's got to be a reason. Yep, and I don't think that it's because of like, did you did you watch Space Jam back in the day? I didn't. These aliens stole a bunch of the talent from the best basketball players in the world at the time. Okay, I don't think that it's because aliens just came and stole their talent. Right. Right. You, you you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it's yeah. some there there's there's an external factor there, and and I think that it's coaching. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. Consensus. I mean, I mean, it's 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 pre, it's pretty well documented that Uberto and 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 Daryl Sutter didn't probably didn't see eye to eye very much this year on a lot of things. Yeah, and you know something happened. I I got to think something happened with Kadri. Yeah, where it was just like, forget it. I'm out of here. You know, I'm, yeah. d- I'm done and I'm not I'm not going to get reengaged until this guy's gone. But, you know, the thing is, is that if you're a player and and that demands a lot of yourself and I've seen this happen on teams uh, in, in the minor leagues, if you're a player that demands a lot of yourself and nothing's ever good enough for the coach, that's not a good those players will disengage quickly. Right, right. Because. They're like, I've always, whatever I has been asked of me from any coach, I've always tacked on 10% to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've always delivered on that. And now all of a sudden, like, it, it completely messes with their head the fact that they can't go above and beyond. Yep. 
and they check out. Yeah, and and, and Kadri's that guy. He always goes above and beyond. Yeah, always has. Yeah, except for this year, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and and to me, it goes back to, you know, I mean, when when Jacob Peltier made his debut, um, like this kid is like full of energy. He's like yeah. one of these guys that just he just wants to play. This He's is what happy Sutter said. Like, was he even there? Or yeah, I had to yeah, check the score sheet asked, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 let me see if he played. I'll check the score sheet. Yeah. Like players remember that stuff. Yeah. You know, Goudreau last year when he had had was playing some landmark game, you know, they said, well, you know, what do you think of him playing, you know, five game number 500 or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he said, well, I, I sure hope he's a lot better than he was in game 499 or whatever. I remember that. You know what that. I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like, I mean, yeah. it's it's like that stuff is okay yeah. for a while and, and that, but it it wears on players and, yeah. and it wears players down. And I just, I just see a group here that is, that's had it with this guy. Yeah. They're yeah. done. They're done. Yeah. They're done. And he's got to go. Could you imagine like a, a Bruce Cassidy <clears throat> type coaching that team? Um, I just think of, of, I mean, he was done for kind of the same reasons in Boston. I think he was done for different reasons. Well, they kind of got tired of his message too. They got a little tired of his message. Yeah, it took and, 12 years, not two. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, wasn't Daryl Sutter only brought in halfway through three years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's quick. Yep. It's not ideal. Yeah. Yeah. Look, you've not got sick sick of me. Nope. Yeah. That's a lie. Not publicly. Not publicly. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we've got the consensus. Should we move on? Yep. Okay. So before we move on, check out kencampbell.substack.com. Don't forget to check out this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. And check us out on Twitter at HockeyNoFiltrack, Ken underscore Campbell.27. Of course, at underscore Dylan Wah. How was that? Nice. Nice. I'm getting really, really quick at that. Being a fast very talker. Efficient, very I'm efficient. trying to go for those like 1940s commercials, you know. Buy the new Chevrolet Arrow, you know, like uh, with streamlined AccuWeather well, technology. You should probably pattern yourself after the guys who do the drug commercials. Side effects may include gigantism, uh, you know, liver disease, death. Uh, in rare instances, your head blows up and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was a, there's this great Finnish comedian that was talking about watching TV and coming from Finland to America. And he was like, about half of your TV is commercials and then about half of those commercials are, are drug commercials and about half of those drug commercials are the side effects. And he says, so if you have the TV on the background, about a, you know an eighth of your listening is just side effects. And the trouble is that if, if you're not paying too close attention, you kind of don't know where that came from. You'll just be like washing the dishes and then you'll just hear thoughts of suicide. <laughs> Was that Wait a me? <laughs> yeah. Side effects to listen to this podcast may include thoughts of suicide. <laughs> Why did I even listen to this podcast? Um, Connor Bedard, did he just finish the greatest career in the history of junior, junior hockey? Yeah, way to bury the lead there. I was, uh, yeah. Okay. I worded exactly what you told me to word. Right. Okay. Well, I yeah, it was just that was that was in the uh, that was in the email for sure. That was in the email. Um. Yes, I'm gonna say he has just completed the best career in the history of junior hockey. Like expand. Well, I mean, it did not end in a Memorial Cup or even come close to winning a Memorial Cup. Yeah. He played all of seven playoff games for the Regina Pats. Yeah. 
Um, Seven but, more than Regina deserved without him. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, Eight more, really. So, I, I, if I'm correct, since he joined the Regina Pats in 2021 for that abbreviated bubble season they had, yeah. where, he, where he had 28 points in 15 games as a 15-year-old, <laughs> um, he's played, uh, including World Juniors, under-18s, all the whole shebang. He has played, I believe, 168 games. He has 174 goals, 174 assists, 340, 354 points. Is that good? Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> that's really, really good. And he has two World Junior Championships, an under-18 championship. Uh you know he'll win every award in the in the Western League this year for MVP. He was Rookie of the Year. Um, I, I just you know I mean to me, and to do it all before he gets drafted. Mm. I mean I I you know there have been guys that have had pretty amazing careers. There were guys in in Kamloops who won you know a couple of Memorial Cups. Darcy Tucker's won. Right. Yeah. Darcy Tucker won a couple of Memorial Cups in Kamloops, you know, with teams that included Jerome Ginland and a bunch of guys like that and Tyson Nash and and and, you know, great, great junior players who had great, great junior careers. Mm-hmm. But they all piled up a lot of those when they were nine, eight, you know, 18 and 19. This kid did it at 15, 16 and 17. That's outrageous. You know, I mean, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, you could say the same, but he only had one year. He only played one year for the Sioux Greyhounds and three games for the Peterborough Peets the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to me, um, I, I just, you know, this is epic. What we just saw, what we just witnessed was unprecedented as far as a player having an impact and, um, you know, just, I mean, he, he, I don't think Connor McDavid had as good, has had as good a junior career as, as even though he, his team, his Erie team went to the, went to the, the OHL final and lost mm-hmm. to Oshawa. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I just, to me, this is just like, you just look at the numbers and you like, they're just unfathomable. So you, you just mentioned the one person that <clears throat> I, I kind of crossed my mind. He doesn't have the, the numbers, but nearly the numbers. Cause I mean, who does, right? Yeah. But the one person that kind of crossed my mind Am I reading this wrong, or have I, for, or, or am I getting this wrong? But did Bobby Orr start his OHL career at fourteen? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Glenn, Glenn Goodall too was a, another guy in the Western League. He played like he played as a fourteen-year-old, and then I think he played as a as an overage. So I yeah. think he played like six or seven years in the Western Hockey League. So Bobby Orr played fourteen, <clears throat> fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen in the OHA. Which would have, which is the precursor of the OHL, exactly. Yeah, for and the Oshawa Generals, yeah, for the Oshawa Generals, and uh, his first year put up twenty one points, then seventy two, ninety three, and ninety four. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yep, that's that was the only one that I can think of because I'm trying to think of guys that not only had great NHL careers but had legendary junior careers as well. Right, and and Bobby Orr is is one of those guys uh, universally beloved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by everyone by everyone yeah 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 yeah. 
If you don't get that joke, then you need to be listening to Storytime with Uncle Ken. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> are we doing with Uncle Ken or with Ken or what, what do we think? I just think Storytime with Ken. Okay. Would be good, yeah. 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 Kenneth. No, no. No. With Ken. You, you don't do Kenneth. Uh, maybe Uncle Ken. Grandpa Ken. I'm old enough now, so. You're not old enough to be a grandpa. Well, I mean, like, I technically, technically you are. Technically, I am, yes. Yeah, sure. Yes. At about 40, you're old enough to be a grandpa, technically. Right. right. So, Well, look at Lauren Boebert. <laughs> who? That crazy, crazy congresswoman from oh, Colorado. I, what do I care? Yeah. Oh. I've checked out of. She's like 38, and she's going to be a grandmother. That's funny. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. I just I just didn't want to emphatically agree with you. I wanted to bring up a counterpoint, and the only counterpoint I could think of was Bobby Orr because, by golly, you can't go anywhere in Oshawa without Bobby Orr this and Bobby Orr that. My <laughs> my the the mechanic where I get my motorcycle repaired at is right across the street from Bobby Orr Elementary School. Okay, every arena has a Bobby Orr jersey in it. They're just like. Bobby Orr is like Bobby Orr is to Oshawa what Dunkin' Donuts is to Boston. Right. It's everywhere. Well, Bobby Orr is to Boston what Dunkin' Donuts is to Boston. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, as soon as I was saying that analogy, I thought to myself, ah, boy, it had to be Boston again. <laughs> 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 Couldn't have thought of two different places. No, but I, I just, to me, like, you know, going back to Connor Bedard, I mean, there have been guys who have won way a lot more Memorial Cups, had a lot more success in the playoffs. You know, some put up more numbers during longer careers. But to me, I, I just don't know. Like, I mean, I, you know, I mean, Eric Lindros, there's 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 one right that there. That was somebody that I was thinking of you know, as there's well. A, you know, and he actually won a Memorial Cup. Yeah. Um, wasn't the key member of a Memorial Cup winning team, but won a Memorial Cup. Went to the final the next year, I think, with Oshawa against the Sioux, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then the Sioux won and went on to win the Memorial Cup. Yeah. Um, you know, so, but, but like, I, I was around. I was, I was covering and watching junior hockey when Eric Lindros played in the league. Right. And, I, like, even he didn't captivate people the way Connor Bedard has. Like, to me, and, and it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a different equivalency. I get it. You know? No, I'd say it's a I'd say it's a harder equivalency because <clears throat> junior hockey is not what it was. Mm, yeah, well, and but there's a lot more. Yeah, I mean, you have a lot more access to it now, and and yeah, you yeah. see a lot more games, and there's a lot more on social media, and there and you can keep up with guys a lot easier than you could back then with what they're doing. You know, I mean, every night Connor Bedard scored a highlight goal. It was on TSN, right? But like, I could be wrong about this, but. Like I'm pretty sure that the generals play in the same arena that they did when Bobby Orr was. They don't. They don't. No. That arena is old that they play in now. No, it's not. It's brand new. They built it like five, ten years ago. The troop did the, the uh, tribute center in Oshawa. Yeah, yeah, the tribute center. They've got a, they've got a new arena. Stay, stay. I up. know the tribute center. I've I've played there and practiced there. Okay. That's new. That the place one, looks old. The one right downtown. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like. Maybe 12 years old, I'm going to say. Oh, wow. All right. Well, forget it. That place looks really old. Although, if you spend any time in Oshawa, everything looks pretty old and run down there. (laughs) So (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Just going to dump on another town for... for, I'm just going to check. Would I be a good Sean Tonian if I didn't dump on other places? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyways... 
Uh, forget it. Forget what I said. I'm an idiot. Okay. Shall we move on? Yep. World Championship roster for Team Canada. Yeah. So this is kind of apropos that we that we're talking about this and kind of dovetailing the Bedard talk into this because we were just talking with Bill Guerin about the need of young players who are not in playoff situations to go to the World Championship. And if you didn't check out our Bill Guerin interview, it was last week. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, I, yep. he was uh, <clears throat> he was great. Not like Don Waddell levels of great, but but you know, great. Yeah, yeah, quite great. Yeah. Don Waddell, who famously, after we interviewed him, sent me an email to thank me for my time. Thanks. <laughs> nice, eh? Like, well, you know, Don, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just yeah. glad we could fit you in somewhere. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah because yeah. we're here preparing for the playoffs, Don, <laughs> and I don't know what you're doing, sitting yeah. around nothing, I guess. I bet. I think Don Waddell's sitting around having a, a bit of a cow right now. Yeah, there's a few. That, that was that was first place was theirs. They oh were, yeah, they were in first place. I mean, like, like the forget, about, we asking, forget about forget about Connor. Forget about Connor McDavid. Like is Andre Svechnikov the hard trophy winner this year? They, yeah, they've been they haven't been able to score. Yeah, and they haven't won very much since he got hurt. I yeah, I definitely did not think that that much of the offense surrounded Svechnikov. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I don't know. Uh, I that 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 they scare me a little bit, especially if they end up playing like, like right now. If it ends right now and they finish first, Florida is their first round. Yeah, is is their first round draw? Yeah, <laughs> congratulations. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, I'll tell you if there was if there was a team to get your scoring touch back with, <laughs> it's the Florida Panthers. But we're gonna do we're we're going to do actual playoff preview episodes so i don't want to get too deep into that because i i I almost just went on a tangent about injuries Mm -hmm. leading into the playoffs but we will do that at a later date for now let's talk about the world championship and how do you think the rosters uh well i I think canada's roster has the has a has the potential to be really really intriguing yeah starting with the guy we just talked about yeah connor bedard and and as far as i'm concerned adam fantilli yeah, I mean they, they those two guys have to be invited, yeah. and I, and I can't imagine they wouldn't accept the invitation. No, you know? yeah. I can't. I can't imagine they wouldn't. Yeah, um, you know, so that that will add an intriguing layer to everything here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot more scouts will be in Finland watching that <laughs> tournament if those guys are in it. Yeah, um, you know, so but then you look like I mean you've got then you've got like in Philly you've got Owen Tippett, Travis Konechny. Yeah. You know, Buffalo, Dylan Cousins, Owen Power. Yeah. Mason McTavish, Kent Johnson. Yeah. Thomas Shabbat. You know, how, J- maybe Jacob Trick Chikrin. How how many of these guys do you think that is going? Because I don't see like Travis Konechny going, for example. Why not? Gives um, him a chance to salvage a year. Yeah. No, I th- I think, you know, like I think that's what you do. You build it with young guys. With a lot of young guys. I agree. I guess, well. I don't think of Travis connecting as being a young guy anymore. Well, a younger, youngish guy. Yeah. 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 But to me, and to me, like, think of how much better this team would be if Drake Drake Batherson, Jordan Cairo, Robert Robert Thomas, and Carter Hart were playing. And none of them will be playing. Oh, well, I know that none of them are going to the playoffs, but... (sighs) No, none of them are playing because Hockey Canada... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were on the 2018 World Junior Team. 
That's right. So none of those guys are going to be available to Canada. So that's for this. the big question then. Who's in net for Canada? Well, I mean, Doug Armstrong's running the team. Is it Jordan Bennington? I assume it's I assume it's Jordan Bennington. Wow, is that really who we want to expose to an international stage? No. <laughs> no. I mean, you know who I'd put out, but you've had the misfortune of every time you've Sam watched him, every time you've yeah, watched yeah. him plays had a bad game. Yeah. If if the, if Canada doesn't bring out, you know, Maple Leafs legend Jet Alexander, then I don't know what they're <laughs> even thinking. <laughs> Yeah, Frankly, like, the guys never let in a goal in the NHL. Well, who el- who else would you have? Like, I mean, you got to have somebody that has not made the playoffs because you can't start adding until yeah. after the first round is over. Yeah. But I mean, what you know? Where do you where do you go with that? Um. I mean, do you do you consider going the junior route to uh, what's his name no. that that won the World Juniors? No, no, no. This is no. I don't. Not at that position. Because you yeah. can't, you can't, no, you can't, um, you can't hide a guy there. Devin <laughs> Levi's American, is he not? No, he's not. He's actually Canadian. There's your guy. Right. There's your guy. Okay. There's your guy. Yeah. Devin Levi. So yeah. Devin Levi, yeah. lots to be made about him being a Star Wars nerd. Oh, okay. And I like that. Okay. Because I quote Star Wars to my goalie students all the time. Nice. Yeah. Okay. They hate it. <laughs> And they hate it. Like, oh, man, you're such a stupid nerd. <laughs> he says, you know, affectionate things like that to me. Yeah, so, there's, your, there's your guy. Yeah, Devin Levi, Jordan Binnington. Do they, they normally bring three, right? Yeah. So Levi, Binnington, and, and then And then maybe you bring a guy that's one, one of those younger guys that you're not going to use. Like, I mean, it's one of these things where you're almost and just maybe, like. Maybe it's Tristan Jerry at, Jerry at this point. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's if, possible. If, you know, if Pittsburgh so, misses. I mean, would you go and ask, like, Roberto Luongo, hey, how do you feel about being Canada's Cristobal Huey? Just play <laughs> internationally until you're, like, 93? No, no. It's bereft. It's bereft. <laughs> it's looking bleak. Well, especially. And other adjectives that start with B. Yep. <laughs> Bonkers. I don't know. I'm just making it up. Right. But it's not looking good. Like, I don't, I don't know. Well, it's tough. Yeah, I mean. I bring I, I Montebo. Yeah, I think Devin Levi's your guy, though. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. 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 I don't, like, if I were Jari, I wouldn't be going. With the injuries that I've battled yep. with all year, yep. I'd be, if, if they called me, I'd be like, oh, thank you. I'm so flattered. Mm-hmm. But I will not be on the ice until yeah. September, and I will be in the gym until then. Carter Hart would have been the guy. Yeah, I agree. He would have been the guy. He's the obvious, would have been the obvious choice. Yeah. And he had a good season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And of course, Bedard is going to be leading this tournament. And it'll be interesting to see what kind of impact he has on this tournament. We don't know who's coaching yet. We know that Marty St. Louis was uh, approached to coach. Right. Right. Which, could you imagine St. Louis coaching Bedard at that tournament? Yeah. That would be pretty be, cool. Th- yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Doug Armstrong's the GM. Uh, Steve Eiserman is a is a, a consultant. Yeah. And then you have a bunch of pro scouts who are putting the roster together right now. So Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Before we move on, don't forget to check out kencampbell.substack.com for this 
podcast directly into your inbox. Ken's excellent writing. And of course, don't forget to check us out on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review. We, we, we read them all and we will uh, respond potentially on the podcast. Give mm-hmm. you a shout out. Yep. It's the, you know, it costs us nothing, but we also uh, don't cost make us it. Nothing. Don't make anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> From T to green, the best place to go to get in on all the action happening on the links is DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, new customers will receive an odds boost to add plus 1,000 to any pre-tournament wager up to $10 on any golfer to win. So, for example, if you're a new customer and you see a golfer to win the tournament in at plus 1,000 odds, DraftKings will boost that golfer to plus 2,000 odds for your shot at a bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day before the tournament starts to see what they have in store. And if you're lucky, you'll be like my son who bet $10 on John Rahm to win the Masters before it started and won like 90 bucks. So there you go. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and boost your odds during this weekend's tournament. That's T- that's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook. All right. So before we get to story time, one last subject here. And I kind of alluded to it earlier with my Jet Alexander comment, but e-bugs. Yeah. E-bugs and the salary cap. And leading into this is you put out a tweet that I read the replies and I don't think that anybody read your tweet. What? Which one was it? Uh, <laughs> I guess that could have really applied to a lot of tweets that yeah, you yeah, put out. Yeah. You tweeted, "I have something to the effect of I have no, uh, I, I have no patience for sympathy. I have sympathy, no sympathy for the Toronto Maple Leafs for the Toronto Maple moment. Leafs at this point. Yes, yeah, because yeah. the salary cap was put in yep. so that they could make money, and people were like, "How does the salary cap help the Toronto Maple Leafs?" And I'm thinking to myself, "You just said it to make them money." Yeah. Yeah. Right. So the fact yeah. that the GMs then turn around and complain to us, the public. Well, I'm not sure that the GMs do, but like I, I like I, I really it's really amazing how the Leafs have been made out to be the victim in all of this. You know, they're the victim of a restrictive salary cap. Right. Yeah. Everybody's a victim of a restrictive salary cap. Yeah. It's supposed to work this way. Yeah. It's supposed to work this yeah. way. That's that's the way it's supposed to work. And to me, when the when the when the Leafs like they got into this position because they wanted to sign Matthew Nyes, correct? Right? Before yep. before the season was over and an injury. So an injury led led well, to yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. That they but, couldn't LTIR, but yes. Yeah, well, no, they could. They could do whatever they want, but they couldn't get an emergency recall. Right. Because yep. the NHL looked at it and said, "Well, if you're that if you're in that dire straits, why did you just go out and sign a guy?" You know, yes. sign a college guy who, by the way, there was no, there was like, they could have a either signed him after the season was over when there's no salary cap Correct. and put him in for the playoffs or B here's a crazy one. Just wait till next year to sign him. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I know Matthew Nyes wouldn't have been happy about that, No, but what was he going to do? What was he going to do? Go back to college for two years and play two more years at the University of Minnesota yeah. and then become an unrestricted free agent and screw the Leafs by not playing for them? Yeah. No. Yeah. Like there was no urgency to sign this guy. And meanwhile, nobody's learned from the Nick Robertson thing. Yeah. You know, everybody, you know, I, I, I saw somewhere where someone said the Matthew, Shiny new object. The Matthew Nye's era has begun. <laughs> like the guy's got an era already. 
hadn't even played a, a, a shift in the league and already his he's got an era. But also, you don't need an era because you're in the Marner era. You're in the Matthews yeah. era. You're in yeah, the yeah. John Tavares era. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need another era. You know what you need? Some solid, decent play. Right. right. That's right. all you need. Right. All those <clears throat> other guys, That's it's their era. Yeah. But... Uh, Anyways, so anyway, so anyways, they 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 sign they sign Matthew Nyes, and the league says, well, you know, you you've applied for this uh, for this emergency exemption. Yeah, well, we're not going to give it to you. Yeah, you don't have an emergency. You just sign somebody. Yeah, you know, and yeah. and so the Leafs knew that this this could could have happened. Correct. They had they they knew they sat there and they. That I'm, I'm sure as, as sure as we're sitting here, they sat and got together and said, okay, what are we going to do if the league says we can't get an emergency recall here? Right. You know, and they, what they were prepared to do was to play some kid last night against Tampa Bay in a game that meant nothing to anyone. Right. You know, they did the right thing. They played Samson off against Florida, yeah. right? In a game that had playoff implications yeah. until, you know, Pittsburgh couldn't beat Chicago. Right. But at the time it had playoff, you know, serious playoff implications. Yeah. So they weren't going to throw, you know, Jed Alexander or Nick Chenard or, you know, this other Dylan guy uh, or, or whomever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In, in against a team that is fighting for its playoff life. And I get that. And you know what? Samsonov, you know, Matthew Kachuk could have run him over and, and knocked him out of the lineup. And that would have been the end of it for the Leafs. Cause they mm-hmm. wouldn't have had a healthy goalie. Yeah. Other than Joe Wall. Um, who probably wouldn't be that bad of a, <laughs> he's been excellent no, for them. Yeah. So yes. anyways, to me though, like, like I, it really grates on me that, that people are like, oh, the poor, you know, leave. So this, so that, you know, I mean, <laughs> this is the system that the NHL wants. Yeah. They want this system to them, to the NHL and probably even to the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is nothing. This is a minor inconvenience. Mm-hmm. Some guy, uh, Haslam, I can't remember his first name. He was a t- governor of Tennessee. Um, what's his name? Uh, Bill Haslam. Yeah, Bill Haslam. Yeah. Just bought the Nashville Predators for $880 million. Right. $880 million. Yeah. Do you know why he was, why the Nashville Predators? A team that was worth one fifth of that, like fourteen years ago, is worth that mm-hmm. because of a triple hard salary cap. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, it's driven franchise values through the roof. Yeah, they're and, talking and about so that, almost a billion me, dollars for the Senators right now. A billion, yeah, like, almost a billion. Yeah, well, yeah. well, the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh went for nine hundred million. Yeah, this the the Nashville Predators, if you can believe it, are second all time in say, in being sold for 880 million. Yeah. But Ottawa is probably going to pass them both. Yeah. The Ottawa senators, the only team in Canada that has attendance problems, right? The only team in Canada that doesn't have a rink anywhere near downtown, mm-hmm. you know, the only team in Canada that can't get it, that hasn't been able to get it right for the last whatever number of years, they're going to go for a billion. Yeah. Because the owners know if you operate the rink, yeah. if, if you don't own the rink and operate it the way the Nashville Predators do, they don't own the rink, mm-hmm. but they operate it. So they take all the revenues out of the out of the arena. 
So they get a decent revenue stream. Even if they lose money for a bunch of years, they know they're going to cash out at the end. Yeah. And, and that's because that is almost entirely because of the salary cap. Yeah. Because when you own a team, you want to know what your fixed costs are going to be. Correct. Right? And if you know that the players aren't going to get any more than 50% of the revenues, then that adds a cost certainty that is invaluable. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I- and especially when it's depressed. Yes. When the players don't make as much as they probably should. You know? I mean, Connor McDavid makes 12 point or well, he's his 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 cap hit is 12 and a half. That's barely more than what Peter Forsberg and Yarmir Yager were making 20 years ago. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you look at I I think from the business side of it, I think the NHL is has essentially tried to sell themselves almost as a holdings company. Yeah. Where you buy into their team and yeah, you make some money, but there are better investments out there. Sure. But it's it will outperform any hedge fund. Yep. Right? And yeah. when you cash out, you can cash out big. Yeah. If and when you would like to well, cash out. Well, the, the what did what did Eugene Melnick buy the senators for? Like two hundred million or something like that? Like it was it was Well, the group that owns the, the Nashville Predators now. Mm-hmm. The consortium of seven, this consortium of seventeen people, yeah, bought it for one hundred and seventy-four million dollars. Yeah, that was in two thousand and seven. Yeah, sixteen years later. Yeah, they're selling it for five times that. Right. But so they made four hundred percent on their investment. Yeah, in sixteen years. Right. That like, uh, uh, sign me up. And so sign year me over up year, for whatever that is, year over year, they're not going to be getting that the income of other higher risk investments. No, they get, but they know that at the end of it, when they want that money back, because they don't need exactly, exactly. When they want that money back, they've got it. Exactly. And that's what the salary cap is for. Exactly. Yeah. I exactly. agree with you. And, yeah. and, and I, and I do think it, it's, it's one of these classic things where it's like that. There's that uh, meme of, there's like a guy on a bicycle and he puts a stick in the spokes of his front wheel and then yeah. falls over and goes like, who would do this to me? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. When I, when teams complain or imply complaint about the salary cap, right. It's like, you're complaining to me for exactly what you asked for. It's the exactly. same. It's the same thing with the, it's the same thing with the lottery. Every two years, we've got to change how our draft lottery works. Every, well, four years or something like that. Mm-hmm. We've got to change how our draft lottery works because somebody's pissed off that they didn't get the first overall pick and they should have gotten the first overall pick because they tanked. Yeah. I yeah. don't care that you tanked. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. Wow, great job. You got rid of everybody. You, you did the old the old 60s thing. You didn't trust anyone over 30. You know? <laughs> yeah. Wow, wonderful. Yeah, 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 let's give you the first overall pick now. Right. Right. You know, anyways, whatever. So to me, to me, it's, it's, you know, I mean, like, like I said, I, I just, I saw how, you know, a lot of this was being portrayed as the Leafs are just, you know, they're so, they're, 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 they're so, hard un- by. so unfortunate yeah. over this and it's such a joke and the league wants this. This is, this is the system the league wants. This is the system that the league shut down a year to achieve. And, and then, then and then a, a half a year yeah. to get it down from fifty seven percent to fifty percent. Yeah, you know this is what they this is why they did it. And mm-hmm. the owners who are still around from those two lockouts, mm-hmm. they they lost money during those lockouts, but they're sitting there going now like that was so totally worth it. 
I, I would do it again. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Absolutely agree. Last thing before we get out, uh, off of this last second to last subject. Um, what did you think of Chris Weidman's comments? Oh, yeah. I loved it. Me too. I loved it. I loved it. So people, what's he got to lose? But people are taking a moral stance on this. Oh, they are, right? Yeah, yeah. People yeah. are taking this moral stance where they're just, they're just like, where they're like, well, why is Weidman mad? Like, they're allowed to do it, and it was a nice moment for that kid. And it's like, yeah, it's a nice moment for that kid, and it also disrespected professional athletes. Well, I, I don't know that it disrespected them. It did. I, I don't think it did because I, I think I think the spirit of what the Leafs were doing and what Ilya Samsonov was doing was was it was in the spirit of hey, let's give this ch- kid a chance to be I'm on not record as with having that. played an NHL I'm game, not disagreeing with one that. NHL game in his life, and he'll be able to tell his grandchildren about this. I'm not I, disagreeing I don't, with that. I don't think there was anything beyond that. From the Leafs standpoint. I don't disagree with that. But if you are a professional athlete at the pinnacle, <laughs> okay, maybe using that yeah, yeah. loosely for Chris Weidman. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you are, <laughs> you know, in the pinnacle of hockey leagues, right, and you have worked your whole life to be there, and some team not only beats you but then says, and ah, you know what, we'll just throw some – University kid and to, yeah, well, don't, don't to hammer lose, the nail. I don't, don't I agree with you. Don't lose seven one. I'm not disagreeing with you. Be better. Don't lose seven one. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm just saying that I well, I understand and respect and appreciate where Weidman's coming well, from. Well, do you that. do you know what part of this part of that problem part of the problem is with all of this? The Habs suck. No, yeah, that's that's a big one. Yeah, but I find in hockey more than any other sport, mm-hmm. there is a culture. You can hear the birds, eh? Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. Is great. You can hear the birds. Yeah, keeping. we got the doors open yeah, yeah. today. But in hockey, more than any other sport, yeah. there is a culture of revenge. I love that. Uh, That's no, the see, best to thing me, in the it's world. Like, to me, it's like every... Well, yeah, yeah. And you know what that, you know what that culture of revenge ends up happening? What happens in that culture of, of revenge? Yeah. Guys end up fighting because of clean body checks. That's fair. That's where that's where it all comes from. Zeta had to fight that's where it all Tom comes Wilson from. this year. Uh, you know, just a couple games. Ago I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm not condoning this, but in game one of their series, uh, of the Barry Hamilton series in the OHL, yeah, the the uh, Barry was up nine two in game one. Right. Brant Clark, who's got 17 points in five playoff games right now, yeah, does a Michigan and scores. Yeah. And celebrates, yeah, to make it ten two. Well, you got to get they the double spent, digits. Hamilton spent the next two games trying to kill him, like yeah. Florian Jacki, uh, Arbor Jacki's younger brother. Yeah, jumped him and hit him from behind, like so viciously, uh, it, it was ridiculous. Yeah, but so to me, like it's like every every slight, either real or perceived in hockey for some reason has to be answered with something, you know, 10 times worse. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. But to it's me, a double-edged to sword. me, I mean, I, I get what Chris Weidman was saying yeah. and, and I think Chris Weidman was having some fun with it. You know, yeah, like he was saying the yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And I think he was saying, yeah, he well, either says it there or in an Uber on the way home. Okay. Those are, <laughs> 
one of the two places. But this he plays for a franchise that was down 3-1 to this team in the playoffs and came back and beat them. And, yeah. And so, you know what? You know, the Leafs have to wear this until they do something. Look, all I'm saying is that I, I think that that level of pride as a professional athlete is important, but I fall on the side of I like the Jed Alexander story. I like it. I like the, yeah. the David Ayer story. I like all well, of the that David, stuff. The David Ayer story is, is, different is, different, is different. Yeah. David Ayer's had to come in. No, I, Jed I Alexander understand. didn't have to come in. Right? Yeah, no, I understand you know? that. Yeah, yeah. I understand yeah, yeah. that. But I'm just yeah. saying that that I can disagree with Weidman's sentiments, but I I respect where it's coming from. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yep. It took me about seven thousand words to get there. But right. uh, you know right. I was I was circling it for a while. <laughs> Speaking of rivalries, did you see Dean Ev- Dean Evison and uh and Rick Bonus last night? No. Well, they, 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 it was a really chippy, rough, nasty, yeah. big boy, dirty, down and dirty game. Yeah. And with like 26 seconds left, Ryan Reeves is out there. Yeah, yeah. And Rick Bonus just lost it and yeah. snapped and started yelling at, at Dean Evison. And, and I, I don't know, like, like, to me, when I see Dean Evison behind the bench, yeah, like, he looks scary. Yeah. Like, I would never mess with that guy. Bonus and, and, doesn't look and, like any slouch himself, no, he though, to be honest. No, he doesn't. Yeah. But, but, you know, yeah. respectfully, Dean Evison would, would feed him his lunch. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Evison's standing there, and he just looks over, and he goes... He maybe said, that's motions, the solution. Motions to, him to come on over. Maybe that's the solution motions to fighting to in come hockey. On over. Only yeah. the coaches. Yeah, yeah, the coaches have to fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, honestly, like, I'll I'll say this. Uh, as a coach, he's he's had an up and down career, but the thing that I've always thought was admirable about John Tortorella was that fight night that took place. Oh. No, no, hang on. It's not because he he went and tried to fight the other coach. It's right. not because of that, but it's because afterwards he said he said I saw that they put out their fourth line. I had to answer in re- in response, and I and I apologized to the players that I put out there knowing full well yeah, yeah, that they yeah. were just going out there to fight. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that that was respectable, mm-hmm. that he was honest and open about that. And I didn't mind that he was pissed off enough to to try to push his way into the other coach's dressing room. <laughs> I didn't mind it. I'm not going to lie to you, right? Yeah. But my point is, is that I, I felt that I felt that he showed some character. He showed that he has his team's back in that moment. And like I said, not because he was pushing his way in, but more so because of the way that he was speaking about that. And and, okay. and that 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 buys some consideration from me. Okay. Yeah. But uh, maybe we should be moving away from those coaches anyways. <laughs> yeah. All right. Shall we do story time? Yes. Come one, come all for another edition of story time with Uncle Ken. So get cozy in your favorite comfy chair that's normally reserved for when grandfather comes to visit. Pop your popcorn, melt your butter, put them all together. And today, Uncle Ken will be talking to us about another Ken. I don't think it's any secret, or I at least haven't made it any secret on this podcast, and probably in a lot of my writing, that I'm a big fan of Ken Holland. The GM of the Detroit uh, of the Edmonton Oilers, and I know that there are people. He has his detractors big time. Um, 
who he seems to be shutting up right now, right at this moment mm-hmm. as the Edmonton Oilers pursue possibly a Western Conference regular season championship. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, the last years in Detroit were rough, rough for him and for the team, and he made some bad decisions, and the team, you know, really suffered. Uh, but they got a few Stanley Cup banners out of it, too. And then, you know, there have been times in Edmonton where he's been – <laughs> taken to task sometimes you know quite justifiably mm-hmm. for some of the stuff he's done but anyways he's he's one of my favorite people in hockey um you know my relationship goes back with him to you know world juniors you know early in the 2000s in the czech republic and finland and and russia and you know just the, the lobby bar at the hotel where all the NHL people are staying is like the best place to be during the world juniors. Like you just, you just end up running into a bunch of people. You end up having great conversations. I've had great conversations with Ken Holland. I've had great conversations with Brian Burke. I've had great conversations with Jim Nill, you know, just guys. And, and, and it just, it starts with hockey and then it just sort of veers off into family and everything. And you just really get to know these guys. And, you know, there've been times, I remember one time in, in Czech and I think it was 2002 or whatever, we're, we're sitting there, we're drinking all night, we're drinking, we're chatting, we're kibitzing and everything, we're sitting there, and suddenly another scout comes out and walks through the lobby, and he's got his suitcase, he's dragging his suitcase along behind him, and we're like, what are you doing? He's going, oh, I'm leaving, I'm going to the airport, I got a flight this morning, and we're like, what? (laughs) It's like... 5 30 in the morning <laughs> better get to bed but uh yeah no like and and ken is is a guy who i think is a really brilliant guy who um you know he he's he's really he's really different like he he it's almost like he never puts a full sentence together you know what I mean? Like he just, he goes from one topic to another and, and he just, he jumps around and he's got all these thoughts rattling around in his brain. And so to just sit there and talk to him about things is, is really cool because you just end up learning a lot of things. Like he was the guy who first came out and said, you know, basically the standings are, are, are the same at the American Thanksgiving as they are at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So everybody got on that, on that bandwagon right Mm -hmm. you know and i mean a lot of the stuff that that has a lot of the rule changes a lot of the positive things that have happened in terms of rules have been things that ken holland has has uh has brought up to you know the board of governors i don't agree about a play-in tournament for the playoffs he wants to do that i don't agree with that but you know i mean and i was recently talking to him about like the shootouts and and you know kuznetsov taking you know a month and a half to do a shootout move and he said, well, you know, as soon as a guy crosses the blue line, there's another guy that starts at the red line and chases him in, you yeah, know? Yeah. And he, like, he thinks of stuff like that. Yeah. Like he's always sort of thinking. And he, he was like, he was the first one to, uh, to, to bring up the, you know, the Tampa Bay salary cap loophole thing, you know, mm-hmm. like when, when, you know, like, and when they, when, when the league brought it up to him, he said, yeah, but okay, so this is all going to work great. But what happens if you have a guy on, injured reserve all season and then you activate him for the playoffs and they were like oh wait a minute we'll get back to you you know so anyways i i just he's one of my favorite people he uh he he's he's all over the place he's the nutty professor he's the 
I don't want to call him an idiot savant, but like he just <laughs> he's he's Rain Man. He's Rain Man. He's 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 Rain Man. Yeah. He just he knows a whole bunch of things, and he just his he goes a hundred miles an hour, and he and and he's on on different directions all the time. And so, anyways, one year at the American Hockey League meetings. Um, this was before he was GM of the, of the Detroit Red Wings. He was their assistant GM. So he was running their farm team in Adirondack and they were trying to figure out what to do about ties. It was in that era, right? When people were like, Oh, what do we do? You know, tie games and, and everything. And, and so, and so they, they, somebody, you know, sort of just, they were blue skying and someone thought of, okay, well, what about, how about we make ties worth zero points? Mm -hmm. Wins worth two ties worth zero. And Holland, Kenny Holland gets up and only in the way Kenny Holland could do it. He's like, uh, uh, okay, okay, uh, okay. Let me see if I have this straight. Uh, we're going to have a tie game and we're going to tell all the people nothing happened here. Nothing happened. Go home. Fuck off. Go home. Fuck off. Uh, by the way, we play again next Tuesday. <laughs> And that's that's Kenny Holland, right? Like so, just to me, he's he's just one of the great characters in the game. I, he's in the Hall of Fame, deservedly, in my opinion, mm -hmm. and just just uh, one of those people that, um, you know, it's hard not to develop relationships with people, and that's one of the ones where he makes it pretty easy because he's he really is he really is such a good guy. I don't think that I've ever heard a media person say anything bad about. Ken Holland. Yeah, and 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 it's not it's not like um like it's not disingenuous. Like he's not trying to use you. No. Like I mean, we're, you know, in it, when it all, when it comes down to it, like the media is using them, they're they're using us yeah. most of the time. Yeah. Like that's the nature of the relationship, but you don't get that from him. Yeah. Like he just is a nice guy who would help you out and you know, I mean, if if I said, "Hey, there's this student who's uh, doing a story on something and he wants to call you, can he give you a call? He would say, yeah. And he'd give that kid all the time in the world, hmm. you know? So there are good, there are, there are some dicks in the game and the, but there are a lot of really good people and he's definitely right up there with, uh, with the best of them.